Welcome to the 22nd edition of the Sports Mashup. July 28th is the day, the final one of the month of July. It continues to fly by, but we have a lot to cover today. Lots of off-season stuff. Since it is the middle of the summer, that's typically you know what you get. And uh, we'll start in the NBA. The NBA draft, I believe, is on Thursday. And, uh, you know, this year's draft is interesting because I think that teams are approaching this in an aggressive way because there's a lot of really, really good players at the top and a lot of good college players. Like this is probably a year where I've watched more of the college players than ever before. Um, and I think it's a sure bet that Kate Cunningham is going to be the number one pick to Detroit. And it's a great fit. I mean, I think that this draft has a lot of, um, you know, if you want a guy to make a shot at the end of the game, this draft has that. There's so many guys from college that did that. Jared Butler from Baylor, uh, obviously Kate Cunningham. You look at all those guys in college that did that for their team. That's an intangible thing, and I think scouts like that. But after number one, it gets pretty dicey. Like, I mean, I know that Detroit was trying to decide between, you know, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley for the number one pick, but I'm assuming those are going to be the top three picks. I just don't know where they're going to go. I don't know. Yeah, where – I mean – where do they even have Jalen Johnson in this? So the mock draft that I'm looking at right now has him going 19th to the Knicks. So, I mean, he's kind of been a guy that slipped off. I think leaving Duke early, being injured, not playing well, the Duke team this year not being as strong as usually is probably all played a factor. But I think the talent's still there. You know, it's a five-star guy. There's talent yeah. there, but I don't know. I mean, he left because of the COVID and something with his parents, so – and he dealt with injuries too. And, uh, you know, I think that any team that takes a flyer on him late in the first round is going to be, have to be a good fit for him to stick. I think the Knicks, eh, I don't know about that fit. I think he would get to play a little bit, but I still think the Knicks have a lot of things to do in the middle of their uh, rotation uh, and to get a point guard too. I think the Knicks have to do those things. But yeah, he would be playing behind Randall. Yeah, I mean, he could play the three, I think, if they needed him to. I think the Knicks are going to do some things to shift their roster. Like Kevin Knox should not be on that roster anymore. Um, And I obviously think they're going to try to get a point guard. I don't know who it's going to be, but that seems like what they would do. Uh, Looking elsewhere on this mock draft, I mean, I think Corey Kispert at 14 for the Warriors would be perfect. You just add another shooter. If If you need him to start, he can start. If you need him off the bench, he can play off the bench. He's athletic, and he can shoot, and he's 6'7", so that helps. Um you know, other than that, I don't see much here that really intrigues me. I guess, you know, from an Illinois standpoint, for me, this mock draft has say where's Io going? Well, I think there was a report today that says he won't fall past twenty-two. And this mock draft has him going twenty-nine to the Suns, which would be a dream for me. But I don't think he'll fall past the Lakers at twenty-two, as I think is kind of the vibe that they're putting out there. I would guess that he will go to the Knicks or Lakers. That would be my guess because you look at the Knicks, they have the 19th pick and the 21st pick. The Lakers have the 22nd pick. Does Atlanta take him at 20? I doubt it. Um, I can see Denver being a tremendous fit if he falls to 26. I doubt that happens, though. Uh, Maybe Houston gets him with 23 or 24, but that's kind of the sense that I get from looking at this. I mean, anywhere he goes, he'll be a ready-to-go backup point guard or shooting guard wherever you want him so no there's a lot of it's guard heavy in this draft it is i mean you look at the top 10 alone you have cunningham green suggs book knight moody giddy from australia so that's then, like what six which, guards out of 10 where um where's orlando at 
They have Orlando is five. Six, right? Yep, five and eight. So they're definitely getting a guard. Well, I think it's a it's a foregone conclusion that Scotty Barnes goes there at five from Florida State, who plays a three and the four. But then at eight, I think that they'll take a guard, and I could see Moses Moody, like this mock draft has, possibly being the guy. Um, if it's not Moses Moody, maybe they throw a little bit of a curveball at everybody and take Kispert, who can play the two or the three, or quit Chris Duarte from Oregon, who can play the two. So, but if Suggs falls to five, they've got to take Suggs there. Yeah, I I think that the top four is like set. I think it's going to be Kate Cunningham. I think Houston takes Green or Mobley. I think Cleveland takes whatever Houston doesn't take. I think Toronto takes Suggs. I think Barnes goes at five. After five, I think it really opens up. So. Yeah, so if, if Toronto doesn't, if they pick someone else other than Suggs, though, he's going to Orlando, and then they can yeah. take Barnes at eight, maybe. Yeah, I would think that that would be the way that it goes. Um, I think Golden State's an interesting team at seven and 14. I think that they're a team that is looking to maybe package those two for Bradley Beal. I think that's say, how do, they ha- I don't, how do they have two top picks? Well, I'm assuming seven is where they were, and then 14, no, seven, I think seven is Minnesota for the D'Angelo Russell trade and 14 is their own pick. Hmm. So yikes, Minnesota. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, how about the Olympic basketball team? They suck. I mean, let's be honest about it. Losing to France in the preliminary round, that can't happen. About two I, hours. I, I, I wouldn't say that though. I mean, France has some NBA players on there. There's Fournier, Gobert, Nicholas Batum. <laughs> yeah, but. And France has always battled them over in the, any of those, the FIBA. Yeah, I mean, here's how I look at it. Number one, we're recording this about two and a half hours before they play Iran. I believe they're a 40-point favorite in that game somehow. So they'll be playing. Once this is uploaded, the game will be over. But here's two things that I think is hurting this team. Number one, I think the other international teams have better chemistry, and I think they play better together. And I think number two, FIBA rules are closer to actual basketball rules than the NBA rules. I think that's hurting them. Well, they let them grab play. It off the rim, and they let them play physical. They let them be physical. Well, and the fact that how many guys off this roster just came out of the playoffs, where some of these other guys have been able to go overseas and play with their team. Yeah, yeah. Like all the guys I named, Boston was out early, so Fournier was gone. Gobert made it to which round? Round two. So he's been out for a month. I mean, and Kate, Batum, Batum didn't make a. Didn't make the playoffs, so no, he was on the Clippers Western Conference Final. Okay, so he still had has had what? Three I mean, weeks? he had yeah, he had more time than Middleton, Booker, and Holiday. But here's the thing: Drew Holiday was the best player for Team USA against France, so they got to figure something out. I'll say this: a team with Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Damian Lillard. I was uh, more just meaning like chemistry. Like these guys have been able to go. Yeah over to France and practice together where some of these, these guys haven't. France had some good shooting guards. Like I can't remember his name, like DeColo or whatever his name was can really shoot. That definitely affected team USA. Who knows if they, they should bounce back. Um, you know, they should win their next two. They play a ran and who I can't remember who the other one is, but they're a big favorite in that. It's like check, I think. So they got to bounce back. I mean, this is pathetic at this point. Um, I did see there was a report that they were questioning Popovich's plans, game yeah, plans. I saw, I saw somebody tweet and say, please don't want to put Mike Krzyzewski on a plane to China. I, I said it during the uh, exhibitions, they're missing Coach K. So I don't know. I mean, 
they got to figure it out. This team's way too good to not be uh, winning everything. So we'll see. I mean, there's like there's a lot of good international teams, but this is Team USA. They got to be better. And then ESPN sources say the Grizzlies plan on sending Valanciunas to the Pelicans. I don't know what they're the details because I think the details might have come out. It was a big deal. Uh, let's see, Memphis finalizing a deal to send Valanciunas. 2021 number 17 and number 51 picks to New Orleans for Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, 2021 picks 10 and 40 in a protected 2022 second via the Lakers. So that means you have Bledsoe and Adams to Memphis, Valanchunas to New Orleans. For two picks you'll, yeah, you will have Memphis with the uh, number 10 pick and New Orleans with the number 17 pick, I guess. So they're just swapping picks. And a couple players. <coughs> yeah, I meant, I just meant for the draft. Yeah, how does Eric Bledsoe fit in Memphis? That's questionable to me. Interesting. I mean, I guess he's a two technically, but Eric Bledsoe's had a weird career. Like, he went from being, like, kind of a star with the Suns, and then he tweets, I don't want to be here, and then he gets traded out of Phoenix. And then he ends up, you know, with New Orleans recently – Playing on a team with a bunch of guards, like where do you go after the Suns? After the Suns, you go to the Clippers. I don't know. Was, was there like the was like their seventh man, and then he went to Houston. It was to the Bucks. That was in 2017. So yeah, he's had a weird career. He's bounced and then where? He went to the Bucks and. Was it Bucks and Pelicans? I don't know if he went somewhere in between there. No, because he was definitely Houston. I'm going to find this out right now. And I thought he played for the Clippers. He did play for the Clippers before. He went Clippers, Suns, Bucks, Pelicans. He didn't go to Houston? No. He was on the uh, – he was in the Bucks last season, so. I thought he played for Houston at some point. He seems like a type of player that would, but he didn't. So, all right. Well, there's going to be a lot more NBA stuff to talk about next week. You know, free agency coming up. I'm sure there'll be some massive trades and signings like there always is. Will Kawhi Leonard leave the Clippers? Will Chris Paul leave the Suns? Big questions to come. But on to the NFL where I nailed it. Let's be honest. I mean, I said it from the jump. You can pull any podcast from this show during the draft, after the draft. I've been asked off air. In public, with people I know, everyone knows I'm a Packer fan. What's going to happen to Aaron Rodgers? And what was my answer? He will show up during training camp. And he's back. So, nailed it. But like we just said, you you were more optimistic, not that well, you were correct. And, you know, usually I'm not optimistic with things when it comes to my teams, but this one paid off. So, the Packers are able to get a deal done with Rodgers to restructure his contract. They void the 2023 year. They'll reevaluate the situation after this season. Whether that means they're going to trade him after the season or he wants to stay, seems like it's up to him. Um, I think, number one, this is a terrific move after an offseason of a bunch of BS. I had to keep him. No other way around it. They had to have him this year, and they will. Um, you know, I think that it's 90% chance he gets traded after this season, which, you know, if you win a Super Bowl, I'm fine with it. If you don't win a Super Bowl, it's disappointing. But at some point, how many times are you going to – lose in the playoffs so the worst we'll part about this whole thing is the Packers released Blake Bortles yeah the era of Blake Bortles in Green Bay was quite a run I mean it was very fun 
Like, you don't think he was a better backup than who's the backup now? Well, I th- I don't know if Love – I'm sure Love not, be I'm not talking about Love, but who's, who's the other guy? They have Kurt Benekert on the roster. No, that was a dude from the Falcons. He's a fan favorite. People like. But him who was who was the guy who was the backup last year and Love was on the practice squad? Tim Boyle. He went to Detroit. It's, you don't think Bortles was up there? Here's the thing: Love's going to be the backup anyway, so Bortles would have been on the practice squad. So that's not going to happen. I thought Bortles is too good. Him. Bortles is too good for the PS. I thought it might have been the other way around. We keep Love, love on the practice squad back. for another year. I think he's ready to be the backup now. But, uh, I mean, it looks like the Packers are going to trade for Randall Cobb, I guess, which is weird, but whatever. Uh, and I thought this was done, but it's not. The details aren't there, but it looks like it's definitely going to happen. Everyone's reporting it, so I'm sure it'll get done tomorrow. But The Bears are sending Anthony Miller to the Texans, and the Texans are sending Randall Cobb to Green Bay. Yeah, it, pretty much what happened was the Bears pretty much – the Bears, like two days ago, traded for Anthony, traded Anthony Miller to Houston. They pretty much facilitated this deal by giving the Texans another receiver to send Cobb out to Green Bay. So thank you to the Chicago Bears. But nothing knows what the Packers are sending to Houston. No, I'd assume it's a player in a pick or a pick. I mean, the contract's a little bit absurd. So um, Rodgers wanted Cobb back, apparently. So I'm cool that they have great you know, on-field chemistry. I think this will be fine. Um, and I think, you know, the Packers receiver room looks a lot better now than it did two years ago. You got Adams in there who I know there was talks about his contract extension talks breaking off. I think they're going to pick that back up. I'd be surprised if that doesn't get done uh, sooner rather than later. You're going to have Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Amari Rogers, and Randall Cobb. I mean, that's much better than last year. So um, Robert Tanyan. Onion at the tight end position is a stud. He'll probably he'll probably win MVP this year, for being honest. Um, NFL.com <laughs> oh, oh, hey, could happen. Uh, NFL.com top ten offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year candidates. I'll go over the offensive list. Uh, you got Trevor Lawrence, Najee Harris, Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts, Zach Wilson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Trey Lance, Javante Williams, and Travis Etienne. Couple things: Justin Fields and Trey Lance will not play enough games to win this award. No, so, I like ETN and out of this group. I like Najee Harris. I think he's going to change the Steelers' offense. I think Pitts is also going to get a lot of play, too. Yeah, it's going to be – I would say it's one of those two running backs. Or what could be surprising would be Jamar Chase. Yeah, I need, they need Joe Burrow <clears throat> to be healthy all year for that. Um. Let's look at the defensive rookie of the year list. Micah Parsons, Jameen Davis, Jalen Williams, Quiddy Pay, Zaven Collins, Patrick Sertan II, Jeremiah Owusu, Koromoa, J.C. Horn, Aziz Ojolari, and Christian Barmore. On this list, um, I really, really like uh, Aziz Ojolari or Quiddy Pay, a couple edge rushers because they can get at the sacks. You really got to control the narrative if you're not putting sacks up defensively. No, no, I mark Micah Parsons here. I think he's going to get a lot of play time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that Dallas is desperate to find a pl- another playmaker defensively, and I think he could be that. And then uh, Sertan's from- another guy. Denver needed a corner. Yeah, they got him and Kyle Fuller now, so they're kind of changing that secondary a little bit in Denver. So, Also, shout-out to the Denver Bronco morons who thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers. How do you like me now? Anyway, I don't think there's any Broncos fans that listen to this, but if they are, suck on that. Uh 
Shocker that the Niners starting quarterback week one will be Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow, who saw that coming? We This podcast pretty much reported that. Shanahan could have just said, yeah, I was listening to the sports mashup, and they said that Garoppolo starting, so he's starting. They could have done that because we've been saying it the whole time. And then, You're welcome, Niners fans. You still got a QB battle in Denver. Speaking of yeah, the Broncos. Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, it looks like Locke's going to get the first team reps during this. Uh, I am assuming that um, Teddy I'm beats ass- him out. Assuming I think Locke gets the job, uh, but we will see. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you never know what could happen in these things that in these QB competitions. I think that ESPN's really pushing a narrative that there's an actual competition going on between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields when it's like. They already said Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback, so there's really no competition. Also, why are why are we in such a hurry to try to get a mid first round pick this, the week one job? I mean, come on, wait a year. Uh, at Chicago, I mean, they did. I they did have Trubisky sit for a while, and he ended up being terrible. So he was also an ex wide receiver moved to quarterback for one year at North Carolina. That's true. He didn't do as much in college as Justin Fields did. But anyway, uh, college hoops, a couple news pieces here. Yeah, Nike signs uh, potential number one pick, Cade Cunningham. No shocker that Nike gets the signing of a potential number one or top player. Yeah, I'll get his I'll get his signature shoe when it comes out. And I'm sure that's what he wore in college. Yes. As I'm pretty sure Oklahoma State's a Nike school. Yep. And then UCLA and Gonzaga are running it back November 23rd in Vegas. Gonzaga 91, UCLA 82. There's your final score. We're going to have to play the game. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> Both teams are going to be very good. Gonzaga's front court, I don't know who the hell is beating that. They will not lose a West Coast Conference game. You have Drew Timmy, who's an all-American superstar, and then you're adding the number one overall player from this year's class who's seven feet and can pretty much do anything. I don't know how you beat that. And then lastly, UConn says their two-year probation is now over from NCAA violations from former coach Kevin Ollie. So now they'll be able to play in postseason ball. That's good. I mean, yeah, it's only two years, and they weren't that good over these last two years anyway. They got a title out of this whole thing, though, too. Well, they got two championships. So Kimba won with Jim Calhoun, and then Shabazz Napier beat that Julius Randle Kentucky team with uh, Kevin Ollie. So there you go, on to golf. Yeah, the 3M Open winner, Cameron Champ, wins $1.2 million, uh, shot 15 under. He was struggling, man. He was having a horrible season and then just wins this. So good for him, turning it around. And then not this week. Next week you have the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational defending champ Justin Thomas at TPC Southwind, Memphis, Tennessee. I'm a big fan of this course. I will be interested to watch that. Hopefully our boy Kevin Kisner can take this one home, but I'm unbiased. Uh, Olympic golf starts – Tonight, when you're listening to this podcast, so like 6:15 Central, 7:15 Eastern, Golf Channel, uh, we'll cover it. So we'll see. You got the USA golfers, Colin Morikawa, 
um, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, and then DeChambeau tests positive for COVID. So you have Patrick Reed replacing him, and then John Rahm testing positive for COVID. So he's not playing for Team Spain. Second time he's tested positive in two months. So not sure what's up there. But I, I how do you not – how do you replace DeChambeau with Patrick Reed? Number one, you replace an unlikable player with an even more unlikable player in the golf community. Patrick Reed, nobody likes him. How do you not put American hero Jordan Spieth in there? That's my question. Or I thought American Brooks, hero Kevin Kisner. I thought Brooks Koepka was playing in this. Him and Dustin Johnson don't didn't want to play. They announced that they weren't going to play like a year ago. So They should have had Spieth. Spieth's been playing some tremendous golf. How do you not put Spieth as the fourth? Nobody wants to watch Patrick Reed represent this country. I'm sorry. Seems like a good enough guy. Nobody likes him. Sorry. Maybe he didn't want in. I I think Spieth would play if they wanted him to. But, hey, I don't know him, so who knows. Major League Baseball, trade deadline uh, week is upon us. Saturday, I believe, is the deadline. Max Scherzer likely to be traded soon. There's eight teams known to be in on him. That's the Astros, Blue Jays. Uh, Rays, Red Sox in the American League, in the National League, Do- Dodgers, Giants, Padres, and Mets. Uh, I have heard that the Mets have been told that they are not going to get them, so that's you can cross them off. I think this is going to end up in a three-team bidding war for the Dodgers, Giants, and Padres. Um, who Do gets some Dodgers wants he's trying to take over Bauer's spot there? That would make a lot of sense. It doesn't look like Bauer's coming back anytime soon, if at all. Sounds like Dodgers – Players don't want him back, so I think he's pretty much done there. Um, and then the other thing I would say is shame on the Cardinals for not being in on this. Number one, you're within 10 games of a playoff spot. They won again just now while we're recording this. He's from St. Louis. You drafted him originally, and then he went to Mizzou and then got drafted by the Tigers, uh, or the D-backs, actually. What are we doing here? How do you not bring him in if he's available? I don't give a damn what it costs, honestly. Enough holding on to these prospects that don't work out. It's ridiculous. So the Cardinals just continue to get players that aren't going to do anything. Oh, wow, we got TJ Zuck from the Blue Jays. He's got a 6.6 ERA and probably can't even throw the ball over the plate. Oh, we got uh, uh, Justin Miller from the Nats who has like a 37 ERA. I mean, these guys are so good. They're going to help us so much. What a joke. I mean, Nolan Arenado's got to be sitting there thinking, what kind of a mess did I get myself into? Another mess where the front office trades for a superstar and then does nothing after that. Oh, got a superstar. We're fine. Oh, and Andrew Miller, that signing's working out too. He can't even throw over 82 miles per hour. So, anyway, not going well in St. Louis. But anyway, uh, not going well in Chicago either. Baez, Bryant, Kimbrell. I mean, one of them at least is going to be traded. I've always thought Chris Bryant would be on the Mets. I kind of think Javier Baez might be on the Mets. I think that would be a perfect fit because, number one, Lindor is hurt right now. You trade for Baez, put him at short. When Lindor comes back, you put Baez at second base. Lindor and Baez are like best friends. I mean, that's a match made right there. Or you could trade for Bryant and Baez and just give up everything, and then Bryant can play third. I mean, that makes sense too. But yeah. Can they afford that much? Why the hell not? They got the richest owner in the game. So here's the other thing. They're both rentals. And the other thing on top of that is the Mets are 29th in the league in runs scored. And they're in first place. I mean, the only team worse in runs scored is the Pirates. So pretty bad. They need to who add just, some. Who bad. just lost their second baseman? That is a tremendous transition. The Padres traded for Pirates all-star second baseman Adam Frazier, and the Pirates continue to be a wasteland of we just develop talent and trade it. I mean, that's literally all they do. Josh Bell, Andrew McCutcheon, 
Starling Marte. Um, what the hell is his name? The one that just got traded, Adam Frazier. Jamison Tyone, Joe Musgrove, Garrett Cole. I just listed seven players off the top of my head who are good MLB players that they traded. I mean, what a joke. Can you imagine having to root for that mess? I think it's bad in St. Louis. I mean, Jesus. That is so bad. I mean, how do you how do you justify that to your fans? Like, how do you not sell the team? How do you not give the team to Pat McAfee after that? Come on. What are we and doing? Then, and then if Scherzer's gone, Strasburg is having season-ending neck surgery. They're lucky they got a World Series out of this because Strasburg can't stay healthy to save his life. No, but if you're losing him and Scherzer. Yeah, it's over. That's why they're trading surgery. They might trade Trey Turner, too. Who knows? A little bit uh, of a he come to, he come to St. Louis. I think that they're not going to make any move for a position player. If they make any moves at all, which I'm not expecting them to. At least he's not a position for... player. He's a utility. You can put him anywhere. And the dude is yeah. blaz- one of the fastest guys in the league. He can actually hit. I don't he know if he's act- as good of a hitter as Harrison Bader, but, you know. He can get stolen bases. Yeah, they got guys who can do that, though, you know. Edmund. Who? Edmund O'Neill. Bader, they're all fast. Yeah, but he's the fastest guy in the league. O'Neill has the second fastest sprint speed. O'Neill has the second fastest sprint speed in the league behind Tim LaCastro. Just a thought, you know. How about that? I would still take Trey Turner over Sosa. Yeah. Or Rondon. A guy you could put anywhere on the field, and he's blazing fast and can hit. Sosa can barely hit the ball. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would give up Sosa and run down for Trey Turner. I would do that and more for sure, but who knows? Um, okay, top current teams. What do we got? We got the Giants who have 62 and 37, Boston at 62 and 39, Houston at 61 and 40, and then I believe it was the Dodgers who have only won one game, or it was the White Sox, who were up here, they've only won one game since last week. They've dropped. They're they're like sixth or seventh now overall. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, let's do NHL stuff real quick here. It looks like Landeskog is going to resign in Colorado, so we don't have to go through this song and dance where I think there's a chance the Blues get him and then it just blows up in my face, which I turned it away from that anyway when I did see the reports that he didn't really want to come here, which is fine by me. They can spend their money elsewhere. Um, it looks like the Avalanche and Landeskog have agreed on uh, the term of the deal. Now they're talking about the AAV, how much money he's going to get per year. So he should – I mean, it, it only makes sense for him to go back there, so – that looks like it's done. Um, other than that, we just had a trade that went down while we were recording. Uh, the Lightning traded, um, the Lightning traded Tyler Johnson, the winger, to the Chicago Blackhawks for uh, Brent Seabrook and a second round pick. So Blackhawks get the terrible Seabrook contract off the books. Lightning get the too high of a cap hit contract and Johnson off the books. Also, the Blackhawks traded for Marc-Andre Fleury earlier. Who knows if he's even going to play for them. He might retire per the reports that I saw. So, yeah, it's going to be a crazy day in the NHL tomorrow with free agency. Um, lots going to happen. Bruins signed Taylor Hall. 
Bruins re-signed Taylor Hall. Bruins re-signed Mike Riley. Bruins are on the verge of re-signing David Krejci, so they're making their re-signings. Now, the other thing to look at with Boston, if you want to look at them, is what happens with Tuka Rask because he's a free agent. I think it's either Bruins or retire. From the oh, he's already said if he's not playing for – if he doesn't play for Boston, he's retiring. And it looks like they're interested in Linus Olmark, the goaltender from Buffalo. So if they're interested in him, maybe Rask is going to retire. But we'll see. Olmark's still a young goaltender who has a lot of potential. So that wouldn't be that bad of a, a pickup. Uh, but speaking of your hockey from last week, from your predictions, if you look, if you can see, uh, you see all that. Yes, I did a lot of things. Yes, you were. You had Eklund going one. He went seven. Powers went first. Um, you had Beneers at. Five, he went to uh, second. Uh, who went third? Third, oh, McCavish, who you had at nine. Yeah, he jumped up, and that that ended up being traded from uh, Arizona, traded for that pick. Very I don't know, that was just yeah. for the ninth. Um, who they end up getting, Dylan Gunther. Yeah, you had going seven. You had Luke Hughes, correct? Yeah, not with his brother. Uh, five was Kent Johnson. You had going at ten. He jumped so up. Edvardson went six. You had an eight. Eight ended up being Brant Clark, who you had at three. And I'm talking about ninth. Um, brutal look for me. Brutal look for me. Lots changed between uh, the draft and that mock draft that I did. And then the guys you had going for the Blues and Bruins both fall way down. How is it? Yeah. Passive job fell to 66 and Ratu fell to 52nd. Two and that was the, Ratu was the guy who had second pick for Boston. Yeah. And he fell – or he only went to the 52 or something. Yeah, he was 52nd. I can't remember where Tumula got picked. It was after that because I was looking all this up yesterday. He got picked by the Flyers, second round somewhere. But and Boston took two other Sweden players, but none of the Swedes that we had marked that they would take. <laughs> I mean, I like Boston's first round pick, Fabian Lysel. I think that's a great pick. He fell down. But that's that's who you had it. You had it fourteen to the Flyers. And the yeah, Sabres would have taken that pick for the wrist alignment trade. Yeah, interesting. I mean, there's a lot of movement. There's been a ton of trades. Like the amount of stuff that has happened in the NHL in the last week and a half is absurd. I can't yeah, the, believe the Flyers trading um, Jacob Vorchek away. Yeah, Vorchek for Atkinson, a big one for one hockey deal with Columbus. You had Seth Jones being traded to the Blackhawks. Your, your first line, like, your first line winger for. A first-line defenseman? I think the thing is with Chicago and Columbus and Seth Jones being traded from Columbus to Chicago is, number one, what a terrible trade by the Blackhawks. I mean, I'm sorry. Seth Jones is a quality, solid player. He had a horrible season last year. I think he'll be better than that. But here's the thing. They traded a 20-year-old defenseman, Adam Boquist, who has a ton of potential. They traded the number 12 pick, flipped that for 32. So they they get Chicago gets 32, Columbus gets 12. 2021 first next year, the 44th pick this year going to Columbus, 
for Seth Jones, who had a terrible season last year. And then on top of that, they signed him to one of the worst contract extensions I have ever seen in my entire life. Eight years, which is absurd. You never give eight years to a player unless they're like 22 years old. Seth Jones is 26. $9.5 million annual average value. A couple things. Number one, Kale McCarr just signed for $9 million per year in Colorado. Kale McCarr is 157 times better than Seth Jones is right now. Miro Haskinen signed for eight years, 8.45. He's 22 years old, by the way. He's 147 times better than Seth Jones. That is one of the dumbest, most desperate trades I have ever seen in my entire life. Not that the trade was that desperate, but the contract was absurd. Ovechkin's deal, he's how old? Yeah, he's 34. I'm not saying this is a bad deal, but his is for nine and a half million a year, too. Five years, nine and a half. I like that. I thought it was, I see what I had seen, and you know. I was comparing his contract to Seth Jones. Yeah, it's the same amount of money. But here's the thing. The few, very few NHL people that I have contact with that could actually tell me information, the only sport that I have any connections in at all, which is hardly any, I have like one or two people that I really only talk to. Other than that, you know, how reliable is it? I don't tweet any of this stuff. But I thought that Ovechkin would be about three to four years at $10 million. So – Five years, 9.5 per is not bad. I thought it was going to be 10, but, um, you know, I'll tell you this right now before we move on. My uh, prediction for tomorrow, my big prediction is that Dougie Hamilton, who's the number one player in the market pretty much if Landeskog doesn't hit, Dougie Hamilton's going to sign a seven-year deal in New Jersey. So you can book that. Yeah, nailed it. But other than that, I don't really have any other big predictions. I do think that uh, if Tuka Rask is going to play, he'll return to Boston. I think that's you know a foregone conclusion. Um, I, I also think that Ryan Getzlaff is going to leave Anaheim and end up in Edmonton. I think that's going to happen. But other than the that, is, is that, what's Halak do? I think from what I've seen and, and talked to about, I think that Halak ends up in Vancouver as the backup to Thatcher Demko. So – that seems like where that's headed. We'll see. I mean, he had a pretty bad year. and Because uh, I know the Bruins like their – well, he ended up being their starter at some point of the year. Their third-string goalie. I can't remember his name right now. Wayman or Vladar? Yeah, Vladar. Yeah, they got some depth there. I think that that makes a lot of sense to, to go with him. And we'll see if Rask does retire, which I'd kind of be surprised that happens. Um I think Olmark's a very good fit there. I think there's other guys in the market that could be a fit there. Maybe Grubauer if they're willing to pay that. Or that's uh, what I think. I think it's going to be Rask and Fletcher again. I, that makes sense. And I, 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 the signing of the day for me today, and the last couple of days is either Keith Yandel one year 900k in Philly. I think that's a perfect fit. Or Mike Riley three years three mil per for the Bruins. I think that is a steal because you're talking about a guy. Mike Riley can literally do every single thing except score a goal. He had zero goals and 27 assists last year, but he's such a good defenseman, like defensive defenseman. He's a perfect fit for a team that needs defense like Boston does. They lose Lausanne. What's their blue line looking like? You got Grizzly, Carlo, McAvoy, Riley all locked in, probably your top four. After that, you have to look at other things. I'm sure Clifton cracks the lineup. You know, do we see a young guy like Zaboral come up and play? Uh, That remains to be seen, but they've been very active in the defenseman market for sure. And, Keeping Mike Riley makes a lot of sense, but do anyway, they bring? Hey, do they bring Dougie back? If they want to pay about eight million per, yeah. yeah but, so I don't know if they have the cap room for that. 
especially without signing um, Krejci yet. Yeah, I think the Krejci deal is going to come in around seven mil, if I had to guess, six point seven five or seven mil, probably two years, maybe one year. But I mean, Krejci, you after you locked in Taylor Hall at a very good number, four by six, you have to sign Krejci. Uh, you know? Yeah, to get that line back. It's too good of a second line. But anyway, um, yeah, my my prediction is that. You know, Hamilton goes to the Devils. I'd be very surprised if he ends up elsewhere. Uh, anyway, let's move forward now to college football, where there's been a lot of weird things going on that kind of hard to understand all of it. Yeah, Oklahoma State press rips OU for planning with SEC. I, I don't understand this situation that much. No, but I'm glad that like somebody else in the Big 12 said something. Yeah, I mean, that definitely should have. I mean, and with this, you had um, Texas and Oklahoma not renewing Big 12 media rights. I mean, that's uh, significant, you'd think. But yet both schools formally notify SEC of member requests for 2025. So even if they're going to join the SEC, it wouldn't happen until January 1st of 2025. And for that to happen, they they need three-quarters of the votes. They need 11 out of the 14 votes and would be the first 16-team super conference. 11 of 14, I think that's going to be close. I really do. I but that's if, the, and that's if the committee or whatever wants 16 teams. Got to get a couple of those trash schools out of there, I think, but I don't think that'll happen. Did you see that the Vanderbilt coach said that there's no better football program than Vanderbilt? <laughs> no, I mean, but, what else is he going to say but shut up? Are you saying, know? like, you're saying that you're trying to think that, like, these two schools come to the SEC and then the SEC kicks two others out to I go don't to think the they Big 12? Do that, but that would be logical. <laughs> like, 16 teams is a little much, especially when some of those teams are worthless every single year. That's, I don't know. That's how it's going to be hard to get eleven votes. It'll be close because of that. Because you know those garbage schools are going to be like, we're not allowing those in. Yeah, but then I think have, it means more money for everybody, though. So, well, yeah. But then the Big Twelve's now down to ten teams. I think they should just get rid of the Big Twelve altogether if they're losing Texas and Oklahoma. I'll tell you that. Because, yeah, who's the face of the Big 12 in Kansas and Oklahoma State? Uh, Baylor. I'm not I'm even talking just for everything because football, it'd just be Baylor and OK State sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Kansas State. Yeah, Texas Tech. Pretty good in both, typically. Yeah, I mean, Kansas would just become the face with Baylor of basketball. And the Big Ten has no interest in expanding. I know that for a fact. So then you have uh, Florida and UCF agreeing to a series beginning in 2024. And ex-Ohio State, ex-Miami quarterback Martell transferring to UNLV. I mean, it's enough with this guy. He's done nothing, and I hear about him way too much. I've heard about him like 40 times, and come on. He's from Vegas. Maybe this is his last landing spot. But how many years of eligibility does he have left? Who knows? He'll probably end up playing like five years. I mean, last year was a free year, so that didn't count. Yeah. 
Did he redshirt at Ohio State? I mean. So he could still have four years left. Yeah, I don't want to hear about it. The guy may be one of the oldest players play college football. Jesus. It's enough with him. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do the betting picks. Last week for me, three and two, 70 and 54 overall. Uh, Solid. Same three and two, 68 and 59. I lost Minnesota versus the Angels and the Dodgers and the Giants. On uh, golf, I had uh, Dustin Johnson. He was cut, finished even after two rounds. Uh, I had Louie. Oh, he was negative, minus 13, tied for second. <laughs> he just can't get over that second place hump. It's tough. That's tough. Uh, Matthew Wolf was five under, tied for 39th. And Brant Snedeker shot 10 under, tied for 11th. Well, I took a shot with my picks, and it did not go well. Patrick Reed, who I ripped earlier, finished tied for 34th. Lebiota withdrew. Brendan Todd and Sepp Straka missed the cut. So swing and a miss by me. There you go. Uh, let's you, pick you, the, you've only had one make the cut. Yeah, Olympic golf. Uh, we're going to pick two to win the gold medal and two to finish top five via the DraftKings odds. Top ten, so, right? Well, I had the top five odds. Oh, Did I put top ten? I don't know. What top ten. So I picked top ten odds. It doesn't really matter either way. The numbers are probably around the same. Uh, go ahead. I got um, Morikawa plus 650 and Hideki Matsuyama at plus 1,200 to finish the gold. And top 10, I have Rory McIlroy plus 100 and Sung J.M. at plus 230. All right, gold medal, I have Morikawa plus 650 for the U.S. of A. And then I have Hideki Matsuyama plus 1,200. <laughs> Why did we finish the same people? <laughs> hey, I mean, that's, it is what it is. Uh, I have Abraham Answer. Finished top five plus 300 from Mexico and Sung JM to finish top five. <laughs> what was his odds at plus 10 or the top five? Plus 600. Oh, see, so they only go to 230 for top 10. That is what it is. Uh, Major League Baseball, go Three ahead. out of the four golfers. Oh. A lot to pick uh, from, too. I have St. Louis over Cleveland plus 100. KK's pitching. Um, Minnesota over Detroit, Jay Haps pitching, uh, San Diego over Oakland, minus 140. Sorry, the Minnesota was minus 150. Miami over Baltimore, plus 110. And Arizona over Texas, minus 105. All right, I'm going Houston over Seattle, minus 125. Padres over A's, minus 140. Yankees, plus 115 over the Rays. White Sox minus 170 over the Royals and Dodgers minus 130 over the Giants. So that is that. We will be back for number 23, a great number in my opinion, on 